Welcome to the Happier You podcast. I'm your host, Bonna Normando. The Happier You is about encouraging each of us to connect with our unique self and figure out what our personal happiness looks like. Not what anyone else thinks our happy should be, but what really fills up our cup and brings us joy. Each episode is about exposing you to new ideas, perspectives, and tools to help you build more happy moments into your day-to-day life. Your happiness is your responsibility. So let's get this figured out so you can start living your best life today. Hey, happy people. Welcome back. I'm really excited because today I have Amber Frauenholtz with us. And she is a nutritional therapy practitioner as well as a restorative wellness practitioner. And that is a lot, but don't worry, because I'm going to get Amber to walk us through, explain what it all means. But essentially, I invited Amber here today because when we don't feel well, it's really hard to focus on being happy or it's hard to be happy. So I asked Amber to join us today. We're going to talk a little bit about how we, just some basics on how we can take care of ourselves so that finding our happier is easier. So before we get into all of that, Amber, welcome to the Happier You podcast. I'm super excited that you're here with me today. Oh man, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here too. So good. Okay, so let's start with, can you explain to us who is Amber and how did she get to have all these letters after her name? (laughs) Yeah. Sounds great. So I'm going to start with what are those letters and then I'll go to how they came to be there. Um, So I am an NCP RWP and I specialize in women's health. So essentially you can think of it as functional nutrition. If you've ever worked with like a functional practitioner, a functional medicine doctor, a naturopath, it is that type of approach to nutrition. I specialize in women's health. So everything from preconception all the way through menopause. I have clients just kind of along the entire spectrum. And what I do is clients come to me and they have symptoms, right? They're not feeling their best. Maybe their digestion is off. Maybe they're having hormone imbalances. Maybe they're just burned out. And I do a bunch of data finding up front with them. So we pull in functional lab work, things like testing hormones, blood work, um, you know, their gut health, that kind of stuff, but also dive into their health history, their lifestyle, what's going on, their their self-reported symptoms. We pull all that together and I build protocols that are food-based first, and then also include supplements and lifestyle changes to help really focus on the things that are out of balance for that specific person. So it's all very bio-individual, very um, different between every single client. And then I support them, right, on how to implement these things. Something that makes me a little bit different and what we're going to dive into is I really like to focus on how to make it easy. Like what are the bare minimum things that you can do to get the biggest impact, right? Like one of the biggest, um, I think, like dupes of the health and wellness space is that they always tell you, like, you have to be perfect. You got to do this whole 30. You got to exercise five times a day, you know, five times a week. But really, truly, if you can just do some simple things, like consistently, you can feel a whole lot better. So that is what I do. And then you asked how I got here. Well, that's a long and convoluted story. But I did um, used to work in corporate Long story short, I was in uh, tech and I did that for seven years and then I had my babies. And I think like many parents, uh, that is a huge sort of identity crisis shift that happens. And I ultimately, that that entire path and journey led me to quitting my job, going back to school and then coming back and supporting women. I want women out there to have the access to the tools and the knowledge they need in order to feel their best. Um, So much goodness just in you explaining how you got here. I love how to make it easy is 
awesome. And the thing that the listeners couldn't see was how you softened and smiled when you said you had a baby, you know, like it was just (laughs) so genuine, right? Like it it was life-changing for you, which is amazing because I do think our children are an impetus for us to discover a different path in life than maybe we thought we were supposed to be on in the first place. So that's so cool. So cool. I know when I was reading your about page, the thing that really jumped out at me was does this work for me? And and I, I think that probably comes back into the functional nutrition. Like, sure, there's all these great theories out there, but what works for me might not work for my spouse, might not work for my mom or whoever, right? And we all tend to get on our bandwagons. Like, this worked for me, so it's got to work for everyone, right? But we're all so unique. So I would love to dive into some of these basic things that can make it easier to feel better so that we're taking care of ourselves so we can feel better and be happier. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Um, So kind of also going back to what I said on that about page and just trying to find a thing that works the best for you or what's going to work for your body. There's a bunch of different sides to that, right? Lots of variables. There's of course your lifestyle, like what's going to work for you. Are you a new mom? Like, do you have time? Are you able to prioritize sleep? Because if you're a new mom, you're not going to be able to prioritize sleep. Right. Um, you know, so there's like the whole lifestyle component, but then there's also our physiology. You know, everyone's physiology is a little bit different. Like I might do better with more carbs. You might do better with less carbs, things like that. And so going on to like Instagram or the internet can be, really triggering for people because there's all of those blanket statements, right? You have to eat paleo, you have to um, go low carb, you got to eat 1200 calories a day. And they're out there saying it, this is the only way to do it. This is how everyone has to do it. But the reality of it is, is everyone is different. All of our needs are going to be different. And that's why data, you know, trying to take a data informed approach and figure out, well, what is going on in my body? Like, Mm -hmm. is my blood sugar going to be a key focus? Is my gut health actually an issue? And then how can I build a protocol and take steps that fit my lifestyle, like I mentioned those other variables, but also attack the things that are maybe, you know, off or need more support in my specific system. So there's that piece of it. Um, And then when it comes to, like, kind of blanket statements, so I just said blanket statements don't work, but there are some things that most people need to be doing, you know, right, in order right. to Well, a place best. to start anyways, right? Yeah, 100%. And I think the that, you know, there's lots of these simple changes that almost everyone can do. And, and for the most part, they don't cost a lot of money. Um, you know, they're easier to implement. And I think the most foundational one that always comes up for me is just like hydration. Are you drinking enough water <laughs> during the day? And the nutritional therapy rule of thumb is whatever your body weight is, you divide that in half. And so that would be the fluid ounces that you're trying to get every day. Now, if you drink a lot of diuretic beverages, like coffee, for example, then you're going to need to drink more water. If you're breastfeeding, you drink more water. You know, there's kind of things to think about there. But the other component is, are you also getting electrolytes in with your water? Um, And if listeners are not familiar with electrolytes. They are a set of minerals that our body uses in order to move water in and out of our cell membranes, right? So if we don't have those minerals present, then it's very hard to actually be hydrated. Our body just ends up peeing a lot. And the easiest way to get electrolytes is just a little pinch of sea salt in your like, you know, big 
family cup. Everyone has these family cups, um, you know, big containers of water. And so a pinch of sea salt, that is, you know, Mother Nature's electrolytes. It has sodium, it has potassium, and, you know, all the things. So you can do that, and it will actually help you absorb water. Do you have any thoughts or questions on that tip? Yes, thank you. Um, first of all, that was going to be one of my questions, like, because I totally struggle with this. And in fact, I'm in the process of creating a daily planner. And my girlfriend's like, don't forget, we need to track our water. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what, I want to ask an expert, is this is this a fad thing? Or is this a, is this true? And you essentially just said, yes, absolutely. And then yeah. recently, like, honestly, this week, a girlfriend's like, I'm putting electrolytes in my water. And I'm like, I've, I've never heard this. So interesting that this has come up twice in the same week. And I love that it can be as easy as a pinch of sea salt. Not that that's super yummy, but you don't even really taste it. So if you're just putting a pinch and it's like a pretty decent amount of, you know, water, you stir that up. And honestly, you can't really taste it. If you, if you can taste it, then probably maybe a little bit too much. I mean, it's not going to hurt you, but you know, you don't have to taste it. Electrolytes, I feel like is very popular right now. Like it's kind of in the zeitgeist. Like there's all these, you know, electrolyte powders out there that you can buy. And yeah, those things are wonderful. And I do have favorite brands of those things, but all you really need is just a little bit of sea salt. And then you can also eat food that's high in electrolytes. You know, for example, like bananas are really high in potassium. Uh, you know, green leafy vegetables are high in magnesium. You know, there's lots of things. And salting your food well, you know, having um, a good amount of salt and flavor, that can be helpful. Okay, so I love that you've demystified or you've confirmed that the water, focusing on water is important. So that feels yeah. really good. Thank you. I always like to remind people that one is better than none. So, you know, like, like how you said, half of my body weight, super intimidating, not going to lie, uh, <laughs> you know, yes. is, is what I should focus on. But at the same time, if I'm doing like one bottle of water a day right now, then that's better than zero. And one and a half and two is better than what I'm currently doing. Does that make sense to you? 100%. Oh, yeah. And that is the approach that I would take in coaching, right? Especially if someone is struggling with implementing different recommendations. You always start really small and something that's doable so that you can kind of get that flywheel spinning and build momentum. And once you get that habit built up, it becomes easier and easier. And slow progress is still progress, right? Like any amount that you do is going to be beneficial for your health and happiness, you know, in the long run, it doesn't have to be that 100%. We really do want to shy away from that, like perfectionist thinking, because that just keeps people from taking any action at all. Right. So that's my, my thought there. And then I do have a couple other like things that we could talk about for simple little changes. If you want to dive into like a next one, please. Yes. Okay. Uh, it's hard because I have a lot of things we could pick, but I, I think maybe protein, a conversation around eating enough protein would be beneficial. Most people are not eating enough protein and protein, as we know, are made up of amino acids. And when we take in those amino acids, our body uses them for so many different things. If we're building muscle, for repairing tissues, for creating neurotransmitters, for creating hormones. So if you don't have enough amino acids for those things, then we can see dysfunction, you know, pop up in our hormones or so on and so on. So protein is going to be super important. And the other benefit of eating protein is that it keeps your blood sugar really stable. 
And we can get into blood sugar if we want later, but that is another kind of key area that everyone can focus on to feel better in the long run is just not riding sort of that energy roller coaster, you know, where we um, eat some carbs and then we crash and then we got to eat more and crash and we're craving coffee in the afternoon and all of these things. So protein is a way for you to combat that because it keeps our blood sugar stable. So how much protein should we be eating? Well, if you're a adult human being who weighs more than 100 pounds, then at least 100 grams of protein per day. And I would say most clients come to me eating 50 to 70 grams per day. And so then it's just kind of like little tweaks to try to get it up and build up more. The real, you don't have to track though. So I just said, gave you a gram amount. That is not something that you have to go do unless you, you know, really want to know how much protein you're getting. Really, it can be like a rule of thumb kind of thing. Like you have a palm and then your size of your palm, that is the amount of protein you want on your plate when you are plating like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? To get about 25, 30 grams of protein. And it can be plant-based protein, it can be beans, you know, whatever, whatever you are wanting to eat. And then at snack time, like if you are having snacks, we want to just try to pick something that also has protein in it. So you don't have to worry about the gram, uh, no measurements. And then I do recommend most people can benefit from like a collagen peptide protein powder. And you can actually put that in coffee or like hot liquid. So that's another way to get more protein, you know, in during the day. Um, yeah. So protein is the other, I think my number two. So water, protein, <laughs> maybe we should talk a little bit about blood sugar. Cause I think that would be my, my number three. Yeah. Let's go there. Okay. Blood sugar is a really important concept for everyone, especially for females, because our blood sugar can be very closely tied to our thyroid health and our female reproductive health, uh, our female hormones. So blood sugar, essentially, we eat carbohydrates, we eat fruits, vegetables, breads, things like that, it turns into sugar in our bloodstream when we eat those things. And our cells use that sugar to create energy. You know, that's how we function. That's how we wake up and walk around. And so at any given time, there's going to be sugar circulating in our system so that we can create energy, right? Now, issues arise when the blood sugar is either too high or too low. And in our modern society, what I often see is we're just like swinging between high and low a lot uh, throughout the day. And that's hard on our body. It creates stress and inflammation and so we really want to try to keep that blood sugar real stable and when you have balanced blood sugar you feel like you have energy you feel satiated you're not you're not hungry all the time you feel um like you can focus you don't have as much brain fog you know we want that sort of steady state uh you know energy throughout the day so that's basically what blood sugar is probably every single client who has come to me, we end up focusing a little bit on this because again, if you're dealing with hormone imbalances, if you're dealing with inflammation, having that balanced blood sugar, it's going to be super important. So there's lots of strategies in order to do that. And it's not even, so it's not even really about like, what are you eating? What you're not eating? I mean, of course, certain foods have higher sugars will raise it more, but it's kind of more about the strategy of how you eat. You instead of eating like a naked carbohydrate, so say you want to have a breakfast and you you love to have toast, um, well, that's fine. You can have your toast. Yes, it does affect your blood sugar, but we also need to be eating 
protein and fat, you know, alongside that, because what that does is it brings down that blood sugar spike that would have happened. So have some avocado on your toast, and then maybe also have two eggs to go along with it, right? Or maybe you had just like to make it easy, you've got some frozen sausage patties, you pull out of the, the freezer, and you have that along with it, that is going to go a long way to stabilizing your energy. Uh, other things that are really great for blood sugar is and this is a really unpopular recommendation, is avoid drinking caffeine on an empty stomach. I know lots of people like to wake up, and the first thing they do is have their coffee, and it's ritualistic, and it feels great. But what caffeine does is it releases adrenaline and cortisol so that we feel awake, but those hormones tell our body to release sugar right into our bloodstream to give us energy and if we don't have anything in our stomachs, then what it does is it creates that really big glucose spike. And we don't want that. And basically, once you start the day off really high, then you crash and you're going to crave carbs and it kind of sets you up for that roller coaster for the rest of the day, right? So if you can wait to have your coffee after you have your breakfast, or at least with your breakfast, or... If that's just not going to fly, another trick you can do is use those collagen peptides, which is like a, a flavorless protein powder you can add to coffee to get extra protein that also kind of helps bring down that sugar spike. So that is a big key component. The other couple things you can do for blood sugar, again, is get your protein bowls in, which we already talked about. And another trick that's really cool that I don't think we talked about enough is the order in which you eat your food can impact your glucose. So if you have a big plate full of, um, you know, mashed potatoes, broccoli, and steak, for example, if you eat your broccoli first, then your steak, and then the carbs, the potatoes last, that will also decrease your glucose spike. Wait, wait, wait. That feels like a life hack. It is. <laughs> it is a life hack. Yes. Yeah. Another life hack is vinegar. So if you're, if you've heard like the benefits of drinking apple cider vinegar before meals and things like that, well, that's not understated. Like that is an actual true thing. It's been studied. If you have a tablespoon of vinegar, it doesn't have to be apple cider vinegar, but that one probably tastes the best. You mix that with a little bit of water, shoot that before your meal there, that vinegar actually keeps your glucose levels more stable. So you can actually see if you're wearing like a continuous glucose monitor and you eat a meal without the vinegar first, and then a meal with the vinegar, you will see a difference in how it spikes your blood sugar. So that's really, that's a really cool sort of life hack. Too. I like apple cider vinegar. So that's an easy life hack for me. But I yeah. think my husband would run from the room screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely not for everybody. It's got kind of that like bitter taste, but it's also great for digestion too, because it's going to create a more acidic environment in your stomach and help break down your food better. So it's got lots of benefits. Okay. And so I'm really hoping you're going to say yes, but I think you're going to say no. I'm putting cream, and I don't mean like 5% and 10%. I mean full-on cream yeah. in my coffee. Is that like a life hack enough that that's not considered an empty stomach because there's protein in there, or am I delusional? Well, the cream is more fat than protein, so it, it helps because fat, fat does have the same or similar effect as protein, right? When it comes to blood sugar, it will help slow the glucose spike. So if you are, you know, having that toast with avocado and that's the only thing you're having, that's still better than having just plain toast. You know, that fat is going to be super helpful. So the cream does help, but I still would add a scoop of protein to your coffee or just have, you know, a hard boiled egg or something while you're having your coffee. Okay. Yeah. 
I tried. <laughs> and I know, I'm sure the nutritionist in you is just cringing at a dairy product, right? That's uh, another... No, I am a huge fan of dairy. I think dairy is an amazing way for you to hit protein goals. So if you are on a dairy-free diet, it can be a little bit trickier. You have to eat a lot more animal fat and then potentially lean on more powders to get to your protein goals. But cottage cheese, yogurt, like those things are amazing at being satiating. They're full of, uh, you know, probiotics if you're eating like yogurt. There's lots of vitamins and minerals in dairy that are super beneficial. Now, not everyone can digest dairy. So that is a whole nother issue, right? So if you are having digestive complaints or you're bloating or, you know, dairy is giving you diarrhea or loose stools or something like that, then there is something to look into there, right? So the question I would ask, well, why? Like, why can't you digest dairy? So maybe there's some kind of dysbiosis or imbalance in the gut or you're lacking an enzyme or, you know, those are the kind of questions I would ask. Yeah, don't get me started about digestion. But I love that you just talked about loose stools and diarrhea on my podcast. It's a first. (laughs) Yes, I am. There is no TMI in my world. I want to know how you're pooping. You should be pooping every day. It's really important. Um, yeah, the quality of your poop can tell us a lot about your health. The neat thing about this conversation with you is I have come to the conclusion that, yeah, sometimes we just can't do it alone. We need, we need to hire a coach. We need to hire someone like you to hold our hand and point out the things that we didn't know, like, don't drink your coffee on an empty stomach in the morning, that (laughs) kind of thing. Right. So Yeah, 100%. Okay, so my big takeaways right now are water, protein, and... Blood sugar. Blood sugar. Thank you. I'm like, glycemic index? No. First of all, thank you again for coming on, sharing your knowledge and your energy. This has been really fun. I think we're going to have to do it again because we just started to touch on the hormones and the perimenopause. And I there's so many people I know right now that we're kind of all going through it. I think that's super important to talk about and bring it into the light and make it more of a common discussion. You know, just like we talked about bowel movements, we can also talk about hormones, right? Let's do it all. Um, So thank you for that. Thank you for helping me navigate through this. I love bringing in experts who can put knowledge to, you know, sometimes what is, we know we need to know something, but who are we going to Whose brain are we going to pick? So thank you for sharing your brain with us. Yes, of course. I'm happy to. (laughs) And I always like to ask my guests if they have a quote that they would share with us because I think those are so inspirational. Yeah. So I don't know who to attribute the quote to. I think I've seen it across lots of different sources. But the thing that I always come back to in so many different areas of my life, it's kind of a mantra now, but there is no failure, only feedback. I love that. Yeah. Especially I'm an entrepreneur and, you know, there's lots of moments of learning and quote unquote failure, but we always get really great information from those moments and we can use that to pivot and keep going. And I have to remind myself of that often, especially too in the health and wellness field, coaching people through these kinds of journeys, you feel like you fail during that and you should just expect it. Like that's just part of it. There's highs and lows when you're making these kinds of changes, but Every time you're in one of those low moments, there are learnings there, you know, and it's showing us what we don't want. There's contrast there. There's like magic that can happen in the low moments. And that quote sort of captures that for me. Amber, thank you so much for this. So how do people find you? 
you know, the best place to find me is either on Instagram. So my handle is Amber Dawn, D-A-W-N underscore wellness, or on my website, AmberDawnWellness.com. AmberDawnWellness.com. Perfect. Awesome. I hope you liked getting to meet Amber as much as I enjoyed the interview with her. I could talk to Amber for hours. She's got such a wonderful personality and such a depth of knowledge. I'm sure she will be back on the podcast again. And I think I'm going to have to come up with a podcast award ceremony just so Amber can get the prestigious award of being the first person who talks about poop on my podcast. All right, happy people. Remember, water, protein, and blood sugars. The better we feel, the easier it is to be happy. And remember, when you have a choice, choose happy. Have a good one and go get your happy on. Today, I have Amber Frauenholtz with us. Yes, I got the nod that I said it correctly. You did. <laughs> one waddle bother. Trust, it's part of my journey. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't want to go down that road just yet. Ever. So if we have time, I totally yes, want to come back yeah. to that. We'll put a pin in that one. And totally. We'll, yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. I love my like homemade sourdough bread. Oh, homemade sourdough bread. I just went to my happy place. <laughs> so good. It's so good.